0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Active Church Podcast. My name is Joe, and I'm part of the team here. And I want to tell you that we believe you can tell a better story. We design content with you in mind, and today you're going to be hearing a great message about how you can take one more step in following Jesus every single Sunday. Join us 9 a.m. and 1045 in the room. Let's get into our message of hope today. Amen and amen. Hey we have been preparing for this brand new series called XO for a, a bit and as we talk about relationships one of the things that hit me as we prepared for this series was that I'm in a lot of relationships and immediately I feel like I need to clarify that statement because <laughs> When i said that to our team they all kind of looked at me and said then i don't think that you should be the pastor here anymore if you're in a lot of relationships so 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 let me clarify that statement i first am in a relationship with god and my relationship with god is my most important relationship now this is my bible and it is tattered and it is messy and it is broken but i'm gonna get really cheesy on you in a moment Uh, when your bible is messy it means that your life is not doesn't that feel like a pinterest post right like an instagram post right but this i've had this bible for so many years at least 30 years and my wife has offered to get it rebound and to get it like put back together. I just, I just don't have the ability to let it go because I'm afraid something's going to happen to it because of the notes that I have in here from the last 30 years. In fact, when I served as the youth pastor here at Active for my first 13 years at Active Church, we used this, I used this to teach out of. And there was one Tuesday night when all of our students were being inspired by what Jesus was stirring in their hearts and we were reading through Matthew chapter 5 and there's a handful of students who actually signed their name to the verse that moved them that night from Matthew 5 and so i have signatures and names of students that i've been able to participate in this journey called life with them and i don't want to get rid of this i don't want anything to happen to this obviously i need to do a better job of taking care of it right but I'm I'm grateful for my relationship with God. It brings me salvation. It brings me forgiveness. It brings me new life, not just life here, but life after this life. My relationship with God, he's my heavenly father. I have a good earthly dad, but my heavenly father is, is better than any dad that I could ever have. And Through my relationship with Jesus Christ, I have great purpose and great significance. I can live a life of meaning, of of power, of courage. And so this is the first relationship that I am in. The second relationship that I prioritize in my story is my relationship with my wife who prayed for us this morning. And I gotta tell you that because I'm in a relationship with Tiff, man, I feel like the champ, right? Like I feel like I made a really, really great decision. We have been married now for over 20 years. We're starting year 21 in April and we've been serving at Active for, it'll be 22 years. And this has been a great journey. And the best part about this journey is that I married my best friend and we love doing life together and we love serving together and we love our family and speaking of our family I have three kids and so there's 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 Abby right and and she's she's our oldest and she's 19 and then and then then there's there's Gavin and he is going to be 18 this year which is Sickening and ridiculous, and then and then there's my hold on. I gotta reach down and grab this. There's my daughter Riley, who is gonna be 15 this year, and get her permit. We're gonna have to figure out how to get a car for her. And nobody told me that this is what happens when you sign up to have kids. Like you gotta pay for them. I didn't realize that. Um, But so like these are the relationships I have with my family. And then what I love about I'm gonna grab these. I have a relationship with. Not that one, but I have a relationship with uh, <laughs> with the great activators here at Active Church. Like I'm so thankful for those that show up and volunteer and serve. Like we couldn't do what we do here at Active without you. And some of you are are so involved that you're almost like a staff member here because you're here almost every day helping out and serving and loving those and some of you are just joining the team and you've been a gift to us and if you are not on a team stop by guest central today we would love to talk with you about that or come to first step where we talk about what it means to be on a team and then i'm, I'm in a relationship with all of you as well like uh, you, you and i we're, we're a part of this story that we're telling here at active church and. I love the story that we're telling together, and I love that for some of us, we're, we're close. For others, we're, we're learning about each other, and what's beautiful about Active is, I don't have to know you intimately, and you don't have to know me intimately, but you can come here and be known by somebody, and so I'm thankful for that. And then, speaking of the church, I'm gonna grab this. I have a relationship with the staff here at Active, and if you can't see that, this is a Pastor Joe bobblehead. Can I just tell you that everybody needs a Pastor Joe bobblehead in their life? And I got it. Like, this is spot on, by the way. I mean, Joe's, Joe's a handsome dude. And this actually is more handsomer. And and I and I love it. So, like, if I'm, you know, asking Joe for some help, he just automatically says yes every single time. Right? And then when I don't want to do something and, and I don't want us as a church to do something, I'm like, Joe, what do you think? And he agrees with me. Like, it's it's fantastic and so I have all of these relationships in my life and maybe you feel the same way like when you think about your relationships this is what it feels like to you you're in a lot of relationships and when it comes to our relationships I think for for many of us we want to prioritize our relationships properly we want to honor them specifically we want to meet the needs intentionally but if we were going to be really honest about our relationships I think for a lot of us it feels kind of like we're in a pinball machine right like we're bouncing from one relationship to the next and we think things are going well because There's some music and there's a lot of noise and lights and it looks like we're scoring some points but we're not really sure how we scored some points, right? Like, and then we know that if things aren't going well there's little paddles that will just smack us back into the relationship to correct us. I think for a lot of us we feel this way and we're just not sure if we're doing a good work or not. But I think for a lot of us I think what we're feeling is that we we just wanna make sure that we're doing our best. I'm not gonna preach with all of this in my hand, so I'm gonna put it down, but I think all of us can relate to this idea of what we have in our lives when it comes to the relationships that we have in our lives. And for many of us, we wanna treat these relationships with great honor. We wanna treat the people that we're in relationship with, with incredible love. and We obviously for many of us wanna serve and worship the God who has served us and given of his life for us on the cross and through the resurrection. And I think for many of us, we're just trying to figure out how to do these relationships right and do them well, which is why this series is so important for me and so important for you because we all need some relationship help. Even even if you're crushing it, even if you're doing well, we all need some relationship help. Maybe you came today because you were invited or you heard that we're having this conversation and you're desperate for some help because you feel like things are not going well. Here's the thing that I've learned and perhaps you're learning as well is that relationships require intentionality. I think for a lot of us, we can live randomly in our relationships, like the pinball machine, just bouncing from one relationship to the next. We're married, or we're dating, or we have kids, or we're a boss, or we're an employee, or we have a lot of friends. And so we just find ourselves bouncing to each relationship, trying to do our best. And we we don't want to hurt anybody, but we also don't want to be hurt by anybody. And What some of us have decided to do, or at least convince ourselves to do, is that perhaps maybe it would be better if we weren't in intimate, intentional relationships. In fact, there was just a study released at the end of 2022 from Psychology Today that spoke about the decisions that you and I made in this last year when it came to relationships because there was a fear of doing it wrong or being treated in a wrong way. And here's what they discovered in this last year that more people leaned towards isolation and loneliness than they did relationships. And they did for a few reasons, but the top reasons were because it just felt easier to focus on me. It felt simpler to just do life alone. And there was a concern about hurting others, but a deeper concern about being hurt again, no matter what relationship you're in married, dating, parent, child, working boss, And so what they found is last year in 2022, that 67% of Americans decided to do life in isolation, decided to go it alone. They were just over relationships. And of those 67% of people, 62% of them said at the end of the year, they realized that they had no one absolutely no one to talk to. Meaning that maybe they would interact with the neighbor, the person at the grocery store, or maybe a coworker, employee. But when they talked about what it meant to talk to somebody, they had nobody to share some of the wounds, some of the feelings, some of the thoughts, some of the issues, some of the things that inspired them, encouraged them. They had no one in their life that they, to talk to about that. 55% of people last year who made this decision said at the end of the year, they longed for community because they didn't have it. They longed to be in a community of something, anything because they didn't have it. 46% of people said that they actually cried about how lonely and isolated they were last year. Remember, these are people that intentionally made the decision to go it alone. When I held all of those items, maybe some of you are like, I can totally relate because you're you're married or you're dating, you have kids, you have friends, you have social media friends, you have just a life filled with relationships, which is why you need some help, why you want to get it right. But I also know that there are some of you here in the room and watching online that maybe went, I wish that I had relationships that could fill my hands and my heart up. Maybe when we talk about those that intentionally decided to be isolated and choose to go it alone. Maybe you had this moment in your heart and in your mind where you went, are they serious? I would give anything to have better, more intimate, more powerful, more life-giving, inspiring relationships because I don't have that at all. Friends, this is why we need relationship help. This is why we need to talk about our relationships. And if isolation and loneliness actually isn't satisfying, if isolation and loneliness actually doesn't do for us what we thought it would do, then we have to ask a really important question. Then what is the answer? And that is the question I wanna wrestle with together today as we launch this conversation. In fact, I wanna ask a better question for us to wrestle with. The question is, why do relationships matter? Why do our relationships actually matter? Now, there's a quick answer, but then there's a really detailed reason why. And so I wanna give you the quick answer, and then I wanna do a deep dive into why. The quick answer is this, that we need each other. We need each other. No matter how you got here, I'm talking about that moment when you were born, two people came together for you to be here. You needed mom and dad. And our hope and our desire, our prayer is that mom and dad are around and you have a great relationship. But I also know that for many of us, we don't. But that doesn't, that isn't an indication of your value or your purpose, or if God created you with significance, how you arrived on this planet is really irrelevant to why God created you and placed you here. You have great value and great purpose, but you needed two people to come together, whether it was in a marriage or maybe it was random, or maybe you were adopted and you don't even know mom and dad, you needed two people to come together. And then you needed, somebody to care for you, somebody to clean you and feed you and dress you and provide a home and a place to stay for you. I, I thought about this last holiday season at Christmas and New Year's and even Thanksgiving and I thought about the meals that I had with friends and with family. It was one of the, the the last great meals of the year that we had together? What was the last great meal that you had? Here's the thing that we learn about those meals is that we needed someone to prepare that meal. We needed them. And preparers, you needed someone in your life to actually eat what it is that you prepared. Like what a terrible tragedy it would be To have the ability to bake or to cook or to barbecue or to slow roast or to smoke that tri-tip and not have anyone in your life that can get fat and giggly because of it, right? Like what a terrible tragedy it would be. Take it even further. What what a terrible tragedy it would be when you heard that really great song but didn't have anybody to sing it with. Or you watched that really inspiring movie and didn't have anybody to talk about it with. Or went through that really incredible moment but didn't have anybody who was with you to experience it with. This is why relationships matter. And and truthfully, you are made to be in relationship. You already know this because you live in it every single day. Why do you work so that you can take care of those that you love? You take care of yourself and you take care of your family. You pay the bills with that, the house payment and the car payment and the insurance payment and the Netflix payment that constantly goes up and then they don't allow us to share our password with anybody anymore and i'm bitter about that and that's why i wanted to say this and live online so that you can hear us netflix right like (laughs) this is why we do what it is that we do but even more important here's here's what we recognize like who who would we laugh with if we weren't in relationships who would we love if we weren't in a relationship? And one of life's greatest questions, who's going to get that spot on your back that you can't reach when it itches if you're not in relationship, right? Like I get the door frame is nice, but there's nothing better than my wife's nails, right? And then I make her do it for about 10 minutes, you know, even though the itch is gone. I mean, what do we do without each other? And here's what we discover in relationship. Not only were we made for relationship, but we actually discover why we were created, why we're here. You and I won't be all that we can be if our life is all about me. And it was Jesus that actually spoke about this in a letter that Matthew writes. He shared these words that you and I are to love the Lord, our God with all our heart, our soul and our mind. One version says mind and strength. This is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it, which means that the first isn't better. The first begins the conversation and the second is the expression of it. The second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. And what Matthew is saying here through the words of Jesus is that everything that we do, if we look at the scriptures, we look at the Bible, everything that's written down can be summarized in these two commandments, to love God, heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then to express that love in relationship with those around us. We honor God in the way that we treat each other. We serve God in the way that we serve each other. We love God in the way that we love each other. You want to be a worshiper of Jesus? Then love those around you the way that he has loved and will continue to love you. What Jesus is saying here is this. Here's why relationships matter because you discover who you are in relationship and why you're here. Relationships are where we discover who God has created us to be. And it's on that point that I wanna just sit for a minute. And I wanna take you through a a true story in the Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament in the Bible and walk you through a really famous name, a really famous person. If you're a church person, you're aware of it. If you're not a church person, you probably are aware of it anyway. Because this name, David, is a familiar name that we read in the scriptures about and his story with Goliath is used in every sports analogy and every overcoming moment. And there's a moment in David's life where, he discovers why relationships are so important. And as we walk through this, my hope is that you'll discover why relationships are so important for you. So, if you have a Bible with you or you have access to the Bible app, I want to invite you to turn to 2 Samuel. It's in the Old Testament, the Hebrew scriptures, written by the prophet Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 12. And we're going to start in verse 1. And if You didn't bring something with you today, that's okay. The verses will be on the screen for you. And if you're watching online, they'll be on the screen for you as well. Here's the context of this story. David is the king of Israel, the second king of Israel. The first king wasn't so great. David was anointed king. And he has rule and authority over God's people. And he is somebody that God invited and commanded to lead in a significant way. In fact, we know David as a man who's after the heart of God, meaning he wants to honor God and worship God in the way that he treats the people of God and in the surrounding nations that may not acknowledge that God is who he says that he is. But there's a moment in the life of David where a battle was happening, a war was taking place and it's Supposed to be a moment where the king goes and leads his men into battle. In fact, all through the document of Chronicles, you can read about David's mighty men. These men who were incredible warriors. These men who have a story to tell. These men who, one, went down into a pit on a snowy day and defeated a lion. Like that's what you want on your gravestone, right? Like that's what you want in your obituary. This guy was powerful. He was just one of thousands of men that fought with David. And so David sends them off to war, but he decided to not go. And that's important because these men were those that loved him and served him. These were men that he loved and served. There was accountability with their relationship together. They honored each other as they honored God, but David decided to not go. And while the battle was happening, David was in isolation, was lonely, and his mind started to go and his eyes started to wander. And if you're familiar with the story, you know that the next few moments were not great. If you're not familiar with the story, David actually has an affair. He's married but has an affair with a woman named Bathsheba who he sends for and they bring her to his, his castle, his temple and has an affair with her. And she ends up becoming pregnant. And so he sends her back home, but there's a problem. She is married to Uriah, who is one of the leaders of his military one of those mighty men that David had a really great relationship with. And so what David decided to do is have Uriah sent back home from battle so that he could cover up that this woman that he had an affair with who is now pregnant, that wouldn't be his kid, it would be Uriah's kid and he could cover it up if they actually came together as husband and wife and he thought everything would be okay. Except Uriah was a servant of God and a servant of the people, particularly his men. And so when Uriah came home, he actually didn't go into the house because he said, if my men don't get a moment to rest and don't get a moment to go home, then neither will I. Because leaders always eat last. Leaders race to the back of the line. He is somebody who wants to serve his men. This happens twice. In fact, David actually gets Uriah drunk, thinking that maybe he could send her home. Ladies, you know how attractive that is when your husband come home and if he's drunk, right? And so David thought this would actually be a really great thing. And Uriah still doesn't go home. So then David gives a command to the leader of his army when Uriah goes back to the battle. He says, in the midst of battle, I want you to back away from Uriah so that the enemy kills him. And then we can make it look like it was a battle death instead of me taking his life and taking his wife and having her be mine and having an affair. And could we just cover up my sin? So that happens. After some time of mourning, David brings Bathsheba into his house. And he thought he got away with it. But you and I both know That when you think you've gotten away with something, you really haven't gotten away with anything, right? If there's one thing, and there's a lot of things that we could talk about as followers of Jesus, but if there's one thing that Christians participate in and maybe don't necessarily repent of and confess, that is the sin of gossip, right? We're really good at that. Humanity is really good at that. And everybody knows what was happening with David, including his kids and his kids saw everything. David undermined his relational authority with them when he brought Bathsheba home thinking he got away with it and he was just going to live what he thought was a normal life. He probably said things like, we don't talk about that. Don't bring that up again. You need to honor her. She's now your mom. He may have said some of those things. And then there's a moment in 2 Samuel 12 where God speaks to Nathan, who's the prophet, the leader, the pastor of that area, and a really great friend with David. And God says, Nathan, I need you to go and speak to David. He's gonna go speak to the king and he's gonna speak some truth to him. And that's where we pick up this story in 2 Samuel 12, verse one. It says, the Lord sent Nathan to David and he came to him and he said to him. Can we pause for just a moment and ask the question, what would you say to the king, to the friend that you honor and respect, to to, to God's anointed, what would you say? I think in those moments, we often will avoid those conversations because we don't want the tension. We don't want to be uncomfortable. We don't want to what we believe will damage the relationship. We don't want to approach it at all. We're just, we're just gonna pray for them privately and maybe God will do something. And in this story, we read that God did do something. He sent Nathan to speak. And what did Nathan do? Nathan did what Paul later on writes in a letter called Galatians to that church in Galatia, and to us today, he wrote to them and gave them clear direction on what you do in these tension-filled moments, these terrible moments where you have to have the hard conversation. You speak the truth, but not the truth like many of us think that the truth should be spoken. Some of you are like, I'm just a truth teller, and I'm gonna tell you the truth, and I don't sugarcoat it, and I'm just gonna say it as it is, that might be great and it might be true, but listen, hear me, don't miss this. Nobody's listening. If you are a truth teller that, that unloads, that vomits, that smacks, that yells, that says, I'm just gonna say it like it is, and then you wonder why things around you and people around you aren't changing and transforming, the problem isn't them, the problem might be you Paul says, "You tell them the truth, but you do this, Galatians chapter six, verse one. You do this with gentleness and respect. You restore them gently." And Paul says, "Here's the motivation behind it. Not because we are fantastic followers of Jesus. that might be true. The motivation behind it is that maybe one day the roles might be reversed. And what you need is someone to speak the truth to you with gentleness and respect. And so this is what Paul says to that church and this is what Nathan does to David. And so he shares with him a story. He says, David there are two men in one city, one's rich and the other is poor. The rich man had exceedingly many flocks and herds, but the poor man, he had nothing except this little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished and it grew up together with him and with his children. And this lamb ate of his own food and drank of his own cup and it lay in his bosom like it was a daughter to him. Some of you have pets that are in your family photos because you're like, this is my son, this is my daughter and this is my fur baby, right? Like, because they're just so precious to you. This is what Nathan is saying to David. There's a family who has this pet that's precious and they're not really well off. They're poor and they've loved this pet as one of their own, as one of their children. It's a part of the family. But then Nathan, Nathan says that the rich man took the poor man's lamb and he prepared it for the man who had come to him. He talks about how there's somebody journeying from a long distance to visit the rich man. And the rich man didn't want to use what he had to take care of this man, so he. Steals from the poor man and he steals the lamb that is like a daughter, that is like a family member to this family and he prepares it for his friend. Like, let me just read between the lines for you here. He cooks it. This man's family pet steals it and cooks it and prepares a meal. Instead of using his own wealth, he steals from the poor man. In verse five, it says, so David's anger was greatly aroused against that rich man. And he said to Nathan, listen to his words, as surely as the Lord lives, the man who has done this shall surely die. What an injustice, what a terrible situation. And because God is a healer and a restorer, because God is just and I am the king over the people of God, I'm going to make this right. And he says, here's what I'm going to demand that this man do. He shall restore fourfold for the lamb, which means you're going to give back the lamb. You can't give back the love and the care and the tenderness and the preciousness of this, but you're going to give back the lamb and then we're going to multiply it by four. He is going to go above and beyond to make this right because he did this thing because he had no pity. David, standing in front of Nathan, hearing this story, is fired up, he's angry, he's mad. And he says, here's what we're going to do. And then maybe he stepped back and went, listen to me. I'm so proud of myself. I'm gonna make this right because I am a good king. And I'm gonna solve this problem because I honor God and his people. This man, whoever did this, this man deserves to die. And then Nathan, maybe with a very respectful, loving, gentle tone says to David, you are that man. This story is a story that's about you. And then Nathan says, and and I'm just gonna speak on behalf of God because this is what God has stirred in my heart to say, to you. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house, your master's wives into your keeping and I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little, I would have given you so much more. So David, why? Have you despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? You have killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword. You have taken his wife to be your wife and you have killed him with the sword of the people of Ammon. And that's the enemy of the Israelites. You have used your enemy to benefit your life, but it wasn't a benefit because it didn't honor God or God's people. And then Nathan gives the consequences. He says, behold, I, again, speaking on behalf of God, I will raise up adversity against you from your own house. And I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor. And he shall lie with your wives in the sight of the sun for what you did secretly will now be exposed before all of Israel and before the sun. Now there's a lot there, right? Maybe you got caught up in like, wait, 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 wait. Wives, he's got multiple wives and now God is saying that they're actually gonna go in like in front of people like what you did secretly. This is weird, yeah, it's weird. Here's the point of this moment from God through Nathan to David. David, your decisions to not honor God and not honor the people of God, carry with them great consequence. And yes, there is forgiveness. And yes, there is redemption. But David, you started this ball rolling by becoming arrogant and prideful and thinking that you were great and nobody else was by isolating yourself, choosing to be lonely, and then stealing from somebody who you love. David, the consequences are gonna be even greater than what you have done privately. They're gonna be exposed publicly. This is a powerful moment. And this is why relationships matter. Because we know David as David who fought Goliath David as the king of israel david as the one who wrote most of the psalms in the scriptures that we have david the man after god's own heart david and i would argue that the reason why we know that david is because some random moment that wasn't random at all nathan decided to speak up on behalf of God, to call David out of his mess and invite him into a better story. Who would David have become if Nathan doesn't speak to him? Who would David have become if he wasn't in relationship with Nathan? What would the story of David be today if it wasn't for his friendship with Nathan and Nathan's friendship with David? Let's just make it personal. Who would you be today without your relationships? Marriage, dating, parenting, friendships, boss, employee, son, daughter. Who would you be today if it wasn't for those relationships? And I know that not all relationships are beautiful and good and healthy and holy, but I do know that there is a lot of beauty and a lot of good and a lot of health and a lot of holiness in a lot of our relationships. So who would we be today if it wasn't for those relationships? Would we know who we are and would we live in what we were created to actually do? If it wasn't for this moment with Nathan, I would argue that David would never have been the David that we know about now. And by the way, David's response to Nathan is one of the most beautiful responses in all of scripture In 2 Samuel 12, verse 13, David says this, I have sinned against the Lord. No long speeches, no excuses. No, yeah, but you don't understand. David owns it. He doesn't defend it. And this is why he is a man after God's heart, because he doesn't fight it. He recognizes what he's done and he immediately confesses it and he moves into a rhythm of repentance. And he gets there because of his relationship with Nathan. If you don't like how things are going in your life, if you haven't seen change, If you call yourself a Christian and yet you don't feel like you have really experienced the power and the transformative work of God in your life, may I suggest that it's probably because you have bought the lie that this life should just be me and God and nobody else. You cannot be who God created you to be in isolation. And you cannot do what God has gifted you to do in isolation. Your marriage is a mess because you're unwilling to allow someone that you trust who loves you to speak into it. You struggle as a parent because you can't get over your ego and your pride and you're not allowing those around you to soften your heart towards your kids. You're a terrible boss because you're not seeing the person and you're unwilling to allow a person to speak to your heart and your soul on how to love the person over the production that they bring to your business. Do you see why relationships matter, friends? Relationships is where we find our focus in life. You cannot be who God created you to be and you cannot do what God created you to do, if it's just you and God, and nobody else. Perhaps there is a greater purpose, husbands, wives, in your marriage that you've missed because you've decided to make it about you. Perhaps there's a greater purpose, parents and teenagers and children in your relationship with each other when you decide to actually bend the knee to God. And to love those around you the way that God has loved you. Perhaps as a boss, you got that position because somebody saw something in you that was inspiring and exciting. And along the way, you've lost it. And what you've lost is your perspective that you're in relationships so that God can be honored and worshiped and people can experience the love of God through your leadership. This is why relationships matter. This is why you should be in relationship. And this is why I wanna invite you into two relationships or at least consider two relationships. The first is I wanna invite you to choose to be in a relationship with God by trusting Jesus as Lord of your life. Life comes from God. Love comes from God. And if you haven't felt like you've been alive in a long time, or you have loved well in a long time, perhaps it's time that you circle back and engage the author and giver of life. His name is Jesus. And if you're a Christian, it may be that you just need to be reminded that you are nothing without the God who made you something. And that the gifting and abilities and The resources that you have are a gift from the God who owns it all. That your kids and your spouse and your significant other and your place of business and your friendships are all gifts from God that perhaps we've missed because we've decided to do life in isolation and alone. Maybe some of you have been a Christian for a bit or maybe you just made a decision to trust in Jesus. I wanna invite you to consider not just keeping that between you and God, but going public with it. It's why we do public baptisms five times a year at Active Church. It's, it's you saying out loud that Jesus is Lord. And the act of going in the water and coming out of the water doesn't save you. Jesus took care of that on the cross and through the resurrection. But the act of going in the water and coming out of the water is an announcement that you're in need of the God who gave his life for you on the cross and resurrected from the grave. And so maybe you need to get baptized. And maybe now's the time for you to do that. In just one month on Super Bowl Sunday, the second Sunday in February, We're celebrating baptisms in this place and you can sign up for that at Guest Central today if you're on campus or if you're online, you can go to our website and send us a message. The second thing I wanna invite you to consider is to choose to be in relationship with others by deciding to join a group. And I know that when it comes to joining a group, it, it feels like another thing. We're already busy enough but here's what joining a group does for you and does for me. It prioritizes what God created me to do. It prioritizes and allows me to be who God made me to be. And it, it allows me and it allows you to be intentional about the relationships that we're in. Cause often we'll just move through life so quickly that we actually don't have intimacy or love or relationship with anybody. We're not intentional at all. And What this does is it allows us to open up our hearts for someone to speak into it like Nathan did to David, but also somebody needs you to be Nathan in their life. You weren't created to warm a seat or to watch online and that's it. You were created to step into something so much better. And so I, I want to invite you today, if you're here on campus, to sign up for a connection group. You can go to our website, activechurches.com. There's a groups link, or you can stop by the booth out in the lobby. Johnny and Emily Gutierrez lead our groups here at Active Church, and they would love to answer any questions and sign you up. And the groups that we're offering are like masterclasses, friends. They will inspire and give you hope, but will allow you to be in relationship and allow you to grow in your faith and in your relationship with God and with others. There's five groups that we're offering. The first group is going to help you to be better at parenting. And my wife and I are going to lead that one. The second group is going to invite you to be better in your relationships, whether you're married or you're dating or you're thinking about dating or you want to date. And Pastor Joe and his wife, Diana, are gonna lead that. There, there's a group that's gonna focus on better understanding of the scriptures. There, there's one expression for women and there's one expression for men. The men's group is led by a great friend, activator here at Active Church, Larry Pittman, and one of our elders, RJ Balver. And then the the ladies group is led by Cindy Pittman, another great activator here at Active Church and a longtime Active Church leader and friend and member, Carol Abernathy will be leading that group too. And then there's a group that will help you to be better at resources, better at finances to allow you to prosper. And that's with two great friends, Matt and Carrie Barnett. Friends, choose to be in relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And choose to be an intentional relationship with the people around you by joining a group today. Because you cannot be all that God has created you to be if you continue to live a life in isolation. Thanks for listening today to the Active Church podcast. We hope you were encouraged by this message of hope. Stay connected with everything happening around Active on our social media platforms, on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. If you want to know more information about Active Church, check out our website. We hope to see you soon, 9 a.m., 1045, every single Sunday.